Magandang araw, podmates. Howie Severino muli. Kausap ang isang bukod-tanging Pilipino. Siya isang atleta na masasabing kayang lumipad. At number three na siya sa mundo sa kanyang sport. It's a bird, it's a plane, he's almost Superman. EJ Obiena, ang pambato ng Pilipinas sa pole vault sa susunod na Olympics. Magandang araw sa iyo, uh, EJ, at congratulations sa mga panalo mo. Magandang araw po. Good morning po, sir. Hmm. Uh, EJ, uh, welcome home din. Ano? Nasa Pilipinas ka ngayon. Alam nating uh, matagal kang nawala sa bansa. Uh, tatlong taon, no? Uh, you've been busy overseas training, winning, and rising uh, in the rankings, no? Nag-third place ka sa pole vault sa World Track and Field Championships noong uh, July. Uh, medyo exotic pa sa maraming kababayan natin ang iyong sport, no? So, first, uh, help us understand the pole vault, no? Sabi ko kanina, kaya mong lumipad, no? Uh, you have said that the pole vault event is a combination of running and gymnastics, no? Yung yes, running, obvious, pero why gymnastics? I mean, everything after the takeoff is really gymnastics. That uh, awareness in the air, the way we swing, it is truly very similar to gymnastics. At least the basic part of it, po. And uh, yun nga, that's why it's uh, a very graceful sport din. Ano? Sabi mo nga, there's a lot of running and then you launch yourself uh, with this long pole over another over another pole. <laughs> and then uh, pataasan, no? pataasan. What goes through your mind no? Uh, when we watch you uh, perform? No? There's that few tense seconds, no? yung, yung takeoff mo nga and then you pick up speed and then you launch yourself with your pole. Over the bar, no? Anong iniisip mo uh, in those moments? To be honest, don't touch the bar. Don't hit it. Ganun lang po talaga. I mean, you know, in training, of course, there's a little bit more technical aspects. So, nag-iisip po, ano yung kailangan namin gawin? Which kind of movements do we focus on? Pagdating po sa laro, if there's no adjustments that my coach gives me, I just need to make sure I don't touch the bar. I mean, to the point where I'm at now, I'm more aware of the way I move. It's like second nature. I know how a good jump feels and I know how a bad jump feels. But then it doesn't matter if you had a bad jump. You know, the moment you had a bad jump, you still need to make that bar. Magaling tayo mga Pilipino. Gagawa ng paraan. So most of the time, that's how I feel. Like, okay, okay, there's something off on that run. There's something off on that takeoff. But one way or another, I need to make that bar. Tinanong ko rin si Heidelin Diaz sa interview namin, no? sa conversation namin, yung gold medalist natin sa weightlifting sa Olympics. Sabi niya sa akin, he, one thing that she learned was uh, re- repeat to herself a mantra. May mantra siya eh, na uh, kung uh, mapapansin mo, uh, I'm sure you also, you've also watched her no? perform. Meron siyang sinasabi ano, sa sarili and I asked her what it was. And sabi niya, paulit-ulit lang yung sinasabi sa sarili niya yung one motion, one motion, one motion. And Tinuro raw sa kanya yon ng kanyang sports psychologist to help block out all the distractions. No? Kasi I can imagine you're in a similar situation. Of course, your sport is very different. But, you know, uh, especially at a high-level tournament or with a big crowd, no? ang dami rin sigurong sumisigaw and distractions, uh, etc. No? But, yun nga, no? how are you able to focus no? uh, and, and block everything else out so you perform at your best? There's this, ano eh, like, you know, in basketball, they say, you're in the zone. I think there's very something very similar to, to mine. I know when I'm focused, I feel everything slow and quiet. 
you know, these stadiums are packed with thousands of people. And I don't hear them. I swear. Like, I don't hear them. And when I know I'm in that zone, I'm as sharp as I can be. And um, there's not a, parang, there's nothing that I say. But uh, I do have this thing that I I keep or I draw from. I've done the work. I deserve to be here. It's time to do it. You know, it's time to show it to the world. That's my approach into it. That's where I, I take my confidence going into competition. You know, that's how I feel. Okay, I'm ready to, to go toe-to-toe with the best in the world because I know I've done the work. I've presented myself, you know, um, in this stage and it's time to conquer it. And in a way, something like that. Bro. Okay, uh, EJ, you are 6'2", no? Tama ba? Is yes, your, your height. Oh, you have height for a Filipino, no? So, maraming choices na sport for a tall Filipino, you know, as someone of your height, no? Bakit pole vault? Well, my dad was a pole vault, pole vaulter po back in the day. So, it's very, how do you say, it's quite straightforward for me to, or it's easier for me po to, to be a pole vaulter po. And in 2017, it showed me how important it is. You know, that's, I think that's the moment, that, at least in my career, that I said, okay, pole vaulting is mine. Like before, I was doing it, you know, because it's the sport of my dad. 2017, it shifted like, okay, I love this sport. This is something that I wouldn't do. This comes from me. This is now my decision. This is all on me. That's how I felt. But why not basketball? Why not? other sport um to be honest i'm not a very good basketball basketball player i did try it i really just love pole vaulting and i saw pole vaulting back in high school as a way for me to get a scholarship in you know the big colleges so it's a pretty strategic but also i think there's a way that things just fall into place alam ko sumubo ka rin sa hurdles no um uh... 110 meter hurdles, no? Yes, bro. Uh, and you were you were quite successful there, but of course you were much more successful uh, in the pole vault. Nanabanggit mo yung father mo. Uh, not he was not only a pole vault competitor, naging coach siya, and he's a well known, maybe the leading pole vault coach uh, in in the Philippines today, you know. You know, know my name, and they expect something from me, and that felt icky from time to time but at the same time it i think i felt the pressure but i felt like my dad felt it a little bit more um i don't know if that makes sense you know now that he's transitioning from an athlete to a coach um for me at that time i i really saw it as a ticket for a better future it wasn't um you know it, it doesn't matter if i jump how high she he was jumping um i think it was more a way for me for a better life at that time, at least at a certain time. And um, yeah, I mean, I started very young and I wasn't good. Uh, you know, I joined the district meet, the Manila meet. I even lost. I think I, I got third or fourth place, something like I didn't go to the next, uh, which is the district meet, which is the NCR meet. I never won Palarong Pambansa. So, you know, there are these moments, of course, that definitely hurt, you know, that definitely felt like uh, hell. Um, during that time, but at the same time, I I just wanted to keep pushing to the point that you know these universities will have interest to give me a full scholarship and be able to study in in these big prestigious schools. 
So interesting, no? Na sabi mo nga na hindi ka masyadong successful doon sa palarong pambansa, which is usually where national athletes and eventually world-class athletes are, are often first uh, discovered, no? So kumbaga, late bloomer ka, uh, EJ, no? And uh, I know you doubted yourself yourself early in your career. Uh, you were you were disappointed, no, that you didn't even make the World Junior Championships like uh, many of your uh, peers uh, today, you know. Now, but now, no, you're number three in the world, no. You've overtaken many of your peers, no. But in the Tokyo Olympics, you didn't even make the finals, no. Uh, and so, going from that to just last July, na number three kana sa mundo, no. What has been the key to your big improvement? I think first of all, I, I started in a in Philippines. My, my dad's knowledge in the event is is very limited. You know, he was able to do the best that he can with the resources we have, you know, with the knowledge that we have. 2014, that 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 door really opened a lot of things for me. Being able to train with a world-class coach. But that doesn't, you know, training with a coach doesn't exactly reflect the things that he wants in a span of three months, one year, two years. My coach said he needs five years to be able to actually reflect the things that he wants. And I think that's one of the biggest things. It took a lot of patience for me to adapt to the new system of training and the new technique that my coach is trying to do. And um, I think now it's it's just paying off. EJ, this coach uh, that you've been mentioning, yes. ito si Vitaly Petrov, no? Makilala din natin sa audience because he's a well, yeah. he's probably the most famous uh, pole vault coach in the world. Maybe history, you know? Si, he's a Ukrainian uh, pole vaulting uh, uh, legend, no? In coaching and he coached um, the some of the best uh, pole vaulters in history. Kasama na yung idol mo, si Sergey um, Bubka. Yes. So, you're, you're quite lucky na siya yung naging coach mo. And so, I guess tama rin na and, uh, you're crediting him uh, as being one of the keys to your uh, being becoming number three in the world. Of course. As much as I work hard, you know, he worked hard about that. He was with me day in, day out. It wasn't a secret that he invested his time as much as I did in those five, six years that we've worked. And I think that's that's really is truly the biggest thing um, that gave me an edge moving forward. Being able to train with a world-class coach, being able to follow the regimen, the changes that he needs. And yeah, feeling feeling stupid from time to time because, oh, this is what I know. And I thought it was good. And then going there, the first three months I was there, I was not vaulting for a month and a half. All I was studying was the first freaking step of the jump. And I'm like, what is this? And during all of that, and he, like him, my coach having the patience to actually deal with that with an 18-year-old kid, not like, uh, you know, not a beginner, an 18-year-old kid uh, during that time is, is truly, truly incredible. And I believe um, that is the edge that we have. Well, speaking of patience, no, sabi mo nga, um, he had a five-year plan for you, no? So talagang long range ang uh, nakita niyang uh, uh, future mo, no? So what what gave him the idea na pwede kang pagtsagaan for five years? I mean, you know, this is a world-class coach. He must have seen uh, potential in you. But yun nga, at 18 years old, you weren't exactly among the best in the world yet, no? Pero may nakita siya na maaring maging one of the best in the world ka. So, what was he telling you back when you were 18? Bakit may five-year plan siya para sa'yo? That's still a mystery to me. 
Um, I don't know what he saw during the time, the first few years I was with him. He didn't say. It was more like a yearly plan. Okay, this year, you you should jump this height. And then the next year, oh, you should jump this height. And so far, we've been hitting that. And I don't really know what. Maybe I'll ask him when I see him again. So yeah, next time, I'll know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Balikan ko lang yung uh, world championships, no? Kasi this is really uh, where you you've made your mark, no? Uh, kasi atininang ko yung results no halos patas lang kayo ng number two na si uh, Christopher Nielsen ng uh, US no dahil pareho yung best jumps nyo na 5.94 meters no pero siya yung naging number two uh, uh, explain to us the yung yung process ng rankings dito sa World Championships is it because he had more successful jumps kahit pareho yung best niyo um not not exactly um there's a thing we call count back so in pole vault, the less attempts you have in a certain height counts. There's three attempts in every height. If you jump it on your first attempt, and then the next guy jump it on the second, you're going to be ranked first than him, even if you jump the same height. So that's what happened. Um, I cleared 94 on the second attempt. Chris made it on the first. And that's the difference between silver and bronze. The best talaga in your event were all there. Yes. So talagang ikaw ang number three without any asterisk, no? So, kung tuloy-tuloy lang itong uh, progress mo, magiging medalist ka sa susunod Olympics. I mean, is that, uh, that's a fair bet, right? I mean, that's that's the plan. Um, I, I truly believe in 2020 Olympics, I, I was one of those as well. Of course, anything can happen in, on the day. Could exactly like you said, you know, you could good win or you could lose. It's a it's a sport. It's it's a part of life. But um, that's the plan, and that's what I'm working for. That's why I'm I'm giving all that I can to to reach that dream and hopefully bring that medal back home. Okay, yung world number one, yung nanalo sa sa Eugene, Oregon, no? dun sa uh, World Track and Field Championship. Si si Armand Duplantis ng uh, Sweden, no? Malayo sa inyo, no? Sa inyo ni Chris uh, Nielsen, no? Kasi he his best jump was 6.21 meters and he's the world record holder by far, no? And he's just 22, 22 years old, no? You're 26, no? What do you think are your chances of beating him in the future? No, I, I suppose he'll be one of your main rivals for the rest of your career. Being, I mean, statistically, look like looking at the stats, it's it's slim. It's very slim. I mean, this guy is considered already at the age of twenty-two the best in the world. She said, you know, he cleared the world record in in Eugene with six twenty-one. So, you know, in the history of the sport, nobody has done that. And he has cleared that at the age of 22. But then again, this year I beat him. And it is a matter of, I said, on that day. Um, how am I going to be on that day? How is he going to be on that day? And when it comes to, to, to those games, I think it really matters who wants it most. And who's the hungriest coming that day in the final of Olympics. That's the guy who's going to win. It's not the guy who has the highest record right away. Of course, he's the favorite. He's the best. I'll put my money on him. But come that day, I want to be ending on top. And I'm going to be doing everything that I can to reach that gap. And I have three more seasons to improve and to be more consistent, to be more dominant in the sport, and which I hope close that gap a little bit more, put the pressure, though he's a good friend of mine, um, yeah, be competitive as I can come that day. 
Well, uh, tama ka, no? It depends on uh, the day of the competition kasi even world champions lose, no? So, but nabanggit mo, you have beaten him in the past. Yes, po. You jumped 591, which is slightly less than your, your personal best. And I suppose he jumped slightly less, no? Which was much less than his personal best. I don't know what happened that day. He just wasn't feeling it. He jumped 581. And yeah, as I said, on the day itself, you know, especially in pole vault, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. And there's a lot of things that, that place, you know, the variable of wind, the track, even your equipment, it really does matter a lot in, in those competitions. That must have given you a lot of confidence, no? Beating the best in the world, the, the world record holder, no? Uh, on that one day. I, I wouldn't say that. If, I mean, I always felt that I can compete with these guys. I have felt that and I, I know that Mondo is a, a, a very it's a generational talent it's a very it's a tough guy to beat but I also know that the sport of pole vaulting is very tricky it's actually quite difficult to do a, a season uh, undefeated as great as Mondo is he haven't done that and it just shows how pole vaulting is so variable into those things and that's why I always work on consistency. I think that's our, our biggest uh, task at hand to be consistent all throughout the competitions. You train uh, overseas, no? You've been training overseas for several years now. Sa Italy, no? Anong meron sa Italy na wala sa atin? Walang Vitali Petrov sa Manila. Um, that's pretty much it. And uh, the difference in, in Italy is uh, there's really nothing in, in the place I train at. It's a small town down south of Italy with very minimal population, with very good um, food, um, fresh foods, uh, sources of of all of these uh, raw materials are good. Um, it's very quiet. I think the best way to say it's a retirement place. Marami po talagang, like people are settling down there. It's because it's it's a very good place to be, but there's really nothing much happening there. Other than there's a world-class training center and Vitaly is there. Your coach, no? Uh, yes. Your long-time coach. So that's the reason because nandun yung, yung coach mo. And you sabi mo, he, he was the key uh, to your uh, big improvement over the years. no? So in 2017, mo, no? that's when you really decided uh, to be serious about pole vault. But that was also the year you suffered a serious injury, no? Uh, you tore yep. your uh, ACL, no? Which is a, a a serious sports. It's a common sports injury, but it often ends careers, no? Or changes careers for the worse, no? Uh, many athletes uh, would have given up, no? But you continued. Not only did you continue, parang you said you renewed your commitment uh, to your sport, no? What motivated you then, no? At a time when you might have been discouraged, what gave you hope that you could regain? your form after such a serious injury? I don't think there was that hope that I could regain my form. It wasn't, there wasn't that security. I was down, definitely doubted myself multiple times and wanted to quit multiple times. And it didn't make sense for a lot of people. But you know what they say, when some something's taken away from you, you either understand that, okay, that thing is not important or oh, this is something that I can't live without. And it was the latter for me. I knew then and then, like I felt that that urge that if I don't put my heart out for this, if I don't try, 
I'll regret it when I'm 50, when I cannot do this anymore. I'll, I might be a grumpy old man growing up. So I was like, no, I need to take this leap of faith. And I need to put everything that I can into my craft. And it was a hard conversation with my parents because I, I said, you know, um, prior to 2017, I've only went to Formia every three months, three or four months in a year. And that's that's it. That's how I train with Vitaly. And I said, I wanted to take a leave of absence and find a way to still do my studies, but go to Italy as much as I can. And yeah, it was a tough, uh, tough conversation to a lot of people. And I think a lot of people didn't believe in me. A lot of people doubted me. I mean, even I doubted myself. And um, I think this is where I knew that I needed to follow this passion of mine. If I don't make it, at least I can sleep at night knowing I gave it my best. It is just wasn't for me. And I had a I had a deadline for myself. I said in 2020, if I don't qualify, I'll call it, you know, I'll call it. Um, I'm done with pole thing. It's it's time for me to walk away. It's as you said, ACL surgeries and this and that, oftentimes not uh does end career. And I did see that. I, I need to face that fact. It's a reality of life. And yeah, but I needed to to know if I can or I cannot. And yeah, that, that's why I took that leap and literally push through it and find a way to to make it work. Well, obviously, it's paid off and many people are happy that uh, uh, you took that leap, no? Tumaya uh, ka and na-vindicate, no? Na-vindicate and yung mga doubters siguro, tahimik na ngayon. But all of this training and uh, the rehab, no? After that serious injury, all of, the, all of that costs money, you know? So... On top of your training, you've had to worry about funding your uh, athletic career. No? So tell us what kind of support uh, you've been getting. Because uh, yung sport mo is unlike uh, you know, other sports, uh, especially team sports, na, you know, my professional leagues, um, there are, you know, there's a steady income, uh, you know, uh, you know, companies pay for doctors, etc. But ikaw, you're, you know, you're an individual competitor. No? What, what kind of support do you need? Uh, for this kind of career yeah as i said it's not fully professionalized uh, let's put it that way we do depend more on the government um, we depend on sponsorships outside the sport we find a way to to make it work um, minimize our costs as much as we can pretty much it. it it gets quite expensive it gets quite expensive transporting um five meter long poles on, on airlines is quite quite a challenging task and it takes a lot of funding to do that it takes a lot of money to do that traveling having a physio and just a series of competition that you need to do and the problem with that it's it's in europe you know the whole circuit and the whole whole thing world revolves around europe which is as we all know not the cheap place mm -hmm. to live having my coach outside of the country being based in Formia, Italy, it takes a toll. It definitely takes some financial support system that would be able to push me or at least give me a chance to compete with these guys. Well, in addition to, you know, your your coaches in pole vaulting and in the sport itself, no, 
uh, I understand uh, on your team you have a sports psychologist, no? Yes. Uh, when I interviewed Heidelin Dia, sabi niya napaka importante sa kanya na dis- discover niya uh, na yung sports psychologist ay uh, almost as important or maybe just as important as you know the others on hi- on her team, no? So, bakit importante ang isang psychologist para sa uh, team ng uh, competitor katulad mo? Oh, it's very, very important. Uh, I think a psychologist in general, it's not going to click in everyone. So there's a certain psychologist that would click to a certain someone. It's like a relationship, you know. Not everybody's meant to be together. Parang ganun. Uh, my psychologist is actually a graduate of UP. And she went to John Hopkins in the U.S. And now based in, now she's based in San Francisco. But she's a Filipina, studied in UP. And um, we clicked. Uh, for some reason, we just work and then these relationship really did prosper uh through tough and thin you know the good and the bad Just how important it is um i mean i've never won a major championship before 2019 i started working with her in 2019 three months in i won my first my first continental medal so i would say um psychologist is definitely important helps you see the bigger picture most of the time and for me have that very blunt and clear things that i need to work on ej you're panicking way too much you're overthinking things i believe that you should do this try to do that these physical movement should help you calm down should help you do this and how do we approach each competition and then we do rate my competition okay how did you feel about that competition do you feel good and then if you felt good, how was the result? Was it good or was it bad? Okay, this and this and this. And he, well, she helped me understand myself better. And I think that's the biggest uh, thing that the sports psychologist definitely helped me to understand myself and be able to channel my competitiveness in the right way or in the most efficient way, at least. Yeah, because uh, you know, uh, your mental health is underappreciated, no, and not just in sports, but in general, in society in general. But you know, you pointed out uh, how important it is uh, for you and uh, your own uh, athletic uh, success. So, does having a psychologist doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you? Because you know, means that you're stigmatized. Pag may may kausap ka na psychologist, parang siguro, no, may problema itong taong to, but. Uh, very often, you just uh, uh, need to talk to someone to maintain, uh, you know, your mental wellness. No, it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you mentally, diba? True, which is which is good because my my psychologist is also a clinical psychologist, not just a sports psychologist. So, yeah, she she understands. She always tells me, you need to be a good EJOBNS as a person. To be a good EGOBN as an athlete, and yeah, that's that's the balance that we try to to do as well. Well, that's a great message, no? Because uh, after your athletic career, you're still going to be a person. So, do you get yeah? Do you get any support uh, from the government now? I haven't received anything since January of this year. Uh, is it because um, you you've declined? They didn't offer it. it uh, the support dried up. Ano ano yun um, I think I think first uh, there was an issue, and when that that issue kind of blew up, I think some stuff were were requested to be declined, um, because my budget was supposed to be approved. It was already approved by uh, Chairman Ramirez, and it was it was uh, it was 
supposed to be ready until 2022, at least the end of this year. Then it kind of was canceled for some reason, uh, was requested to be. So at least that's what I've heard. And uh, we're currently working on how to find a way if it's possible to have that retroactive because I still did incur those expenses. I still paid for those and I would really need that funding moving forward. And uh, I hope I hope with the new administration, with Chairman Noli Ayala, with the help of uh, Mayor Bambo Tolentino, the new president of Patapa, uh, Mr. Terry Capistrano, I would really hope that we could make it work. And uh, because that would mean a lot. And I think that's that's going to define how my path going to Paris is going to be and how the Paris Olympics. Exactly. Well, it's ironic that, uh, you know, the government support stopped uh, early this year because this is the year that you experienced your most success. You know? This is the year you became number three in the world and you, you beat the number one uh, at, at one uh, event, no? at one tournament, no? Uh, I know there was a long controversy with uh, Patafa. No, they even once left you off the national team. No, is is all of that behind you now? I wouldn't say all that is behind me. Of course, there are still going to be people inside that that would might not approve of me. Um, but the biggest thing for me is the new president of Patafa, Mr. Capistrano, is a good friend. He seems to have a genuine care for me. Um, he's the one who made sure that I have polls going into Tokyo. That's why I trust the guy. That's pretty basic. Yeah. You know? I mean, I mean, I mean, if you have to worry about whether or not you're going to have polls, wow, talagang uh, you know, maka, you don't come to mental health issues, <laughs> sa, sa, sa sobrang stress. Oh. Yeah, I didn't know mm-hmm. if I'm gonna have a poll going into the biggest tournament of my life, ten or twelve hours before my flight, going to Tokyo. So it was it was a tough one. That's why. Uh, Mr. Capistrano made things happen. He ordered polls in the U.S. and made sure it was shipped in Tokyo. I'm able to use some kind of, you know, some sort of equipment, at least, at least in in Tokyo Olympics. Um, yeah, and he's the new head of the federation. Um, I do talk to him, and I think I I directly communicate with Mr. Capistrano. And so far, so good. And we have a lot of uh, plans moving forward. So I think it should be positive. Well, you you've also said uh, in a previous interview that uh, outside of government, no, you've you've uh, been getting generous support. Then, well, I don't know if it's been generous, but you've been been supported by alumni of uh, your yes, your schools, it's... no, your university. You went to UST, so uh, parang people are pitching in, no, to 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 help you out. And I think that's very heartwarming. It is truly generous of them. This is not their responsibility. This is. Truly just out of their passion to help. And I think none of these actually I expected. The help of my alumni, especially my high school, Chiang Kai-shek College, I never thought that they would even reach out to me. What do you need? And um, I never thought that. Not a single day in my life because Chiang Kai-shek College is big in basketball and pretty much basketball. But we never, never had... I mean, I never thought that the alumni of this school would actually be interested in supporting a non-basketball sport such as track and field, specifically pole vault. And that truly is amazing. Makes, makes it a little bit more heartwarming. And to be honest, makes you feel appreciated. And I think that means a lot uh, for me. And it means a lot um, moving forward and just 
the moment I represent the country, I do know that, you know, the country loves me and these people do deserve the best representation that they can get. But have your frustrations with uh, Philippine sports bureaucracy or Philippine politics or your lack of uh, support no, uh, in the past ever tempted you to change nationalities and uh, compete uh, for other countries? Because um, many world-class athletes, not just in the Philippines, have actually done that, as you know. no. One of my motivation in sport is this is not something that we're known for. And some people do discount me and look at me like, what is this guy doing? Especially when I was young, people look at me like, what, what is this skinny Asian guy doing in this competition? And I do love that challenge. I enjoy that. I, I That fuels me. It really gets me going. And that's one of the things that motivates me. Number two, being a Filipino, there's some traits. I've seen it. I've trained with multiple nationals. I've worked with different nationalities we have certain traits that not a lot and i would say it's very beneficial in at least in the world of sports that i see and i would want to keep that well excuse me before we go on to the next topic you mentioned traits no i mean i'm i'm interested to know what some of these traits are that you observed in you know in your own environment no that 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 gave you motivation to to represent the Philippines and I guess to stick with it, to stick to the country. My way of uh, dealing with things is like, there's a lot of things that's going on and my coach is going to ask, how can you still train? How can you still jump? I'm like, I'm a Filipino. What I mean by that, I'm used to these kind of things. I'm used to enduring a little bit more. Then, you know, I'm not saying that they're privileged. It's just that here in Philippines, we're used to commuting like queuing and like in LRT, I used to, to do that every single day, going to university, travel for an hour, all of those little things. And some of the people in Europe, they wouldn't like to commute for an hour. I, I remember I used to wake up four in the morning just to be able to train, to skip the traffic in EDSA, be able to train and drive to my university later that day. And all of that is something I think that trained myself to endure a little bit more, be able to to deal with this um, stuff, let's just put it that way, a little bit better. And I think that's that's one of the biggest things. So it toughened you up, you know, made you more resilient, no? Exactly. You know, the sports politics in the Philippines is, is quite rough. And I think that's, um, there's already a few examples, Wesley So, Yuka Sasso, all of these guys that, you know, now represents other countries. Yeah, Wesley So, of course, is a world-class chess player, no? And now, uh, I think, competes for the United States? United States, yes. It's tough, but if I, at this caliber of my career, suddenly say, okay, I'm moving away because I had issues in the sports governing body, that's me saying to the next generation, like, okay, when you have an issue, move away. And that's the best way to do it. Then what is going to be the future of Philippine sports? And second part to that, is if every athlete just decides to move, that's indirectly letting all these politics win. And I don't think there's there's any space for politics in sports. So I hope that the stand that I took would reflect and uh, help the athletes know that, you know, they are the center of sports. There is federations, there are sports officials, but without athletes, 
there's not going to be any of these sports officials. There's not going to be any of these sports institute because the center of sports are the athletes. And I hope that I'm able to show that, that this is how much power you have as an athlete. And I also hope that, you know, these reflects on in the future things that it won't happen again. And um, yeah, that's one of the biggest reasons why I stayed in uh, Tempted, of course. I mean, that's the easiest way out. But as I said, as Filipinos, we kind of tend to, to like the tough path. Yeah. Well, I have to say that's very noble of you because you're thinking larger than yourself. Because you're thinking about the future of your sport and future Filipino athletes like yourself and what they're going to think. Uh, and I think you recognize the kind of uh, influence you have now over uh, younger, uh, not just younger athletes, but younger Filipinos. No, because tinitingalaang ka ngayon, eh, no? So, and dami nagiiidulo sa ngayon. Eh. So, um, you sound like uh, someone who's uh, taking that as a serious. Uh, responsibility you know so you're now in the philippines uh you arrived several weeks ago how long will you be here and uh, what's on your agenda um i'll be here for a few more days and um flying back starting to to train again getting back to work for paris and the upcoming indoor season 2023 you arrived um in mid-september but you didn't arrive in the philippines alone no you came with your girlfriend uh, the German uh, athlete also, uh, the German yeah. triple jumper, uh, si Carolyn. Uh, sorry, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Joyu. Joyu. Okay. Is this her first time in the Philippines? Yes, it is. It is. Anong impression niya? What has she been uh, sharing with you? I mean, she's enjoyed it, definitely. She was expecting, you know, all these good sceneries, this uh, warm weather, the humidity of it. But I think both of us kind of overwhelmed the the way I I received the welcome and people now recognize me in the street. I think that's something that both of us and definitely her got overwhelmed about. And uh, other than that, I mean, everything's everything's been fantastic. Well, you know, many are happy for you and uh, Carolyn, of course, no, because to be world class, uh, I'm sure you know many athletes need to be. Uh, so single-minded in their pursuit uh, of excellence that they leave out uh, other aspects of life, like like love lives. No, I I guess it helps that she's in the same sport. Uh, she understands the demands exactly. of uh, track and field athlete. Yes, uh, that's one of the perks. And but you know the, her her event, her main event. I know she also does the long jump, but she has said that you know her her specialty really is the triple jump, no? And it's yes, it's almost as exotic as the pole vault, no? For Filipinos, no? Uh, I, I think everyone knows how to jump, you know, but triple jump uh, is a specialized uh, kind of event, no? It's something that most people, I guess, wouldn't uh, it wouldn't come to most people naturally. Parang pole vault niyan in a way, no? True. In a way, in a way. Um, I think uh, her event is a little bit more uh, taxing to the joints and to the body. But um, at the end of the day, at least she, she doesn't travel with poles. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, no, no special equipment, no? True. So I have to ask you no, about uh, Hockett de los Santos. Um uh, he uh, got the silver medal. You got the gold medal at the uh, last uh, Southeast Asian Games. He is just 19 years old. No, um, He's still a university student. Would you say that Philippine pole vault is having a moment? I mean, uh, may renaissance ngayon sa pole vault uh, sa, sa Pilipinas? 
Yeah, definitely. He's been coached by your father, no? Your your father, uh, Emerson uh, Obiana, has been coaching Hockett. Yes, well, I mean, as I said before, SEA uh, Games in Vietnam just showed, you know, the dominance of Filipino athletes in the event specifically in Provo. We could have won another gold in the women's. Unfortunately, you know, as I said, sports is very variable uh, come that day. But one two finish has not been done in the past 30 or maybe even more years than before. And the kid literally just dropped the mic and said, I'm here to stay. And the kid has guts. And I think he will be great. And I'm looking forward to what he can do. And uh, I'm teasing him that he needs to break my AP records first. So, yeah, he has some work to do. But uh, I'm here to help as much as I can. And uh, it's it's nice that going to meets, it's not just going to be me. There's going to be two of us. And that's a breath of fresh air. Uh, so he cleared uh, five meters. I know that was a benchmark no, for a young pole vaulter. No? He's already cleared uh, five meters. Have you, so I guess you've taken him under your wing. I mean, he's already under your father's wing, but uh, you're uh, you're kind of the, one of the elders, I suppose, uh, in your sport. I mean, pe- you know, athletes like yourself don't have long careers. No? So at uh, 26, medyo ano ka na, no? veterano ka na, no? as opposed to this uh, young, you call him a kid. No, He's 19. Uh, so in a way, uh, my my companion kana. I suppose eventually he's gonna be um, he's gonna have uh, wider horizons as well, no? Beyond uh, Southeast Asia. True. Um, unfortunately, kuya na tawag na sa akin, so <laughs> kinda odd. But yeah, I mean, I try to help him as much as I can. Um, but yeah, his coach is my dad, so I leave all the coaching to my dad. Uh, I don't I don't meddle with those. Um. He needs some specialty shoes that I can help him with. Of course, that I can provide. Hopefully, opportunities outside of the Philippines, like competitions outside of the country that would help him sharpen. That's one of the things. And that's why I wanted to bring another competition coming into the Philippines so he could experience competing with the best in the world. And I think that would open his eyes to a lot of different things. And I think that would help in the long run. Well, I'm sure you've been a big uh, inspiration uh, to him, no? So, congratulations to the two of you, you and uh, Hockett. Uh, the pole vault uh, future in the Philippines looks bright. Maraming salamat sa EJ for uh, giving uh, many of us something to cheer about. Mahaba pa career mo, no? Kay kuya kanani ni Hockett, no? And we'll keep cheering for you. EJ Obiana, the very best pole vaulter the Philippines has produced and currently number three in the world. Mabuhay ka, EJ Obiana. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much, Po. This episode was researched and produced by Meg Pamiloza and edited by JR Magtoto with the wonderful people of GMA News and Public Affairs Digital. Thank you, Podmates, for staying until the very end of this podcast. Alam nyo na, nakakatalino ang mahabang attention span. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Till the next pod, mabuhay kayo at ingat lagi.